Hello, and thank you for supporting us for 100 great episodes here at the Navy Blue Corner. To celebrate, here is our interview with the one and only Anthony Kudafidis. He's a childhood hero of ours, a former captain of this great club, and someone whose athleticism changed the game that we know today. As a member of our last premiership winning team, his knowledge of the game and of the Carlton Football Club is invaluable to fans like us. We hope you enjoy. It's an honour to welcome one of the most esteemed members of the Carlton family to the show. His brilliant football resume includes multiple All-Australian selections, Carlton Best and Ferris, an AFL-PA MVP award, and of course, a Premiership medal. There's no doubt that his name is synonymous with the Carlton Football Club. He's an AFL Hall of Famer and a fan favourite to the day. So welcome to the show, Anthony Kudafidis. Thanks very much, boys. I appreciate it. Great to be on here. No, we appreciate you taking the time, mate. We're, we've been looking forward to this for ages. So, uh, yeah, it's great to have you here. How's, how's life been treating? What's, what's been keeping you busy so far this year? Life is good. I mean, I've been doing Cuda Fit for a little while and uh, yeah, just some group training, which has been great. I mean, obviously, we got hit a little bit with COVID. Uh, we combined that with a bit of nutrition from our, the uh, Herbalife uh, products. And uh, yeah, I've been doing it for many years now. It's been exciting for me because I look when I finished football I'll be honest I was a little bit lost in life for a good three years you come out of that football cocoon and all of a sudden you're out in the real world and I never was one to have that opportunity to get back into footy although I put up my hand for whatever reason I uh, I don't know all the doors were closed so it's a little bit like man out you get after all those years and go and find yourself and find something that you you really want to do again and I'm just you know not competitive I just want to you know, do do something that I where I can improve daily, and uh, yeah. So I found this business which has been great. I started a part time now; it's full time. Uh, you know, I work from home, and it's just a great lifestyle uh, business. So it's uh, it's been great. No, great to hear you're doing well, and uh, love the love the Cuda Fit stuff. Um, look, you, you you basically played every position on the ground, down back, up forward, in the midfield, even in the ruck. How hard was it, I guess, from a developmental point of view uh, to find your footing in the league and in the team itself, being thrown around in, in every kind of position? Was it hard to get consistency, I guess, early on? And, and did you enjoy playing every single position? It was a, it's a great question. It was very difficult. I mean, I, as a junior, I was a ruckman and occasionally swap at 10 R forward to play there. So, uh, you know, having that athletic background, no, no matter even if there was guys a little bit taller than me, wouldn't you know? I could, I had quite a good spring. So, I went into um, at the age of fourteen, I got a letter from the Carlton Football Club to try out in their junior development squad, and they, I played that for two years. It was just a carnival during school holidays against all the other AFL teams. So before the uh, mm. PAC Cup and all that came in the under eighteen competition, you know, we had under fifteen development squad, and we had the under nineteen at Carlton. So. I played a full back there, but uh, yeah, once I went to Till Cup, I was like in the ruck and then centre-half back and I made the All-Australian team at centre-half back. When I got the Carlton, it was a bit mm. like, okay, where do we play him? You can run and jump and do all these sort of things. So I started playing here, there and everywhere. Then in 1992, they played me a full back uh, in the reserves and I was able to win the reserves best and fairest from from uh, full back. But uh, obviously, once I started playing seniors, they, they could see that I could play up forward, up you know, defence. Mm. And uh, it, it, I struggled yeah. early on, I think... I love David Parkin, but probably had a play that he was unaware of how to coach and maybe, you know, like teach me and instill into me mm. what exactly he wanted from me. And if I had have known, I probably would have started playing senior footy a lot earlier than what I did. And then it wasn't until halfway through 1994 that he played me on the wing. And uh, once he played me on the wing, I never looked back from that moment. So it was three and a half years of really 
emotional roller coaster for me. It was really difficult, but you know, by you know, in saying that too, it probably made me the player that I was. Mm. And you know, in the reserves, I started playing in every sort of different position, you know, on the ground, and they could see that I could play anywhere. So wherever they needed me, I could play. And I look back sometimes in my career, and I get compared a lot. But I sometimes think it would have been wonderful to have just played in the midfield my entire career where I felt like I played my best footy. Mm. But it wasn't a beef. They needed me up full forward. If Sticks wasn't in one game, I remember they're going, like, you're up full forward this week. And <laughs> in defence at certain times in a game or actually into the midfield at certain times as well. But it made me different to every other player. Yeah, yeah I mean, you, I think you pretty much answered my question, but I'll ask again. So was your favourite one to play midfield if you had to choose out of all of them? Yeah, and although they, you know, classify wing as being midfield, you're still mm. on one side of the ground. And at times during the during the game, you'd be like, mm, okay, the ball's been on the other side for a good 10 minutes. I wonder when it's going to come on this side. <laughs> but yeah, I always wanted to play in the midfield. I never had great endurance. So that probably was a little bit of a hindrance where the club probably thought, mate, this guy wouldn't be able to play in the midfield all day. But I, but I could. I had that little bit of a speed, <laughs> a little bit of a rest mm. I can then, you know, go again. So... I didn't have that ability to just consistently run all day, but I had that ability to have that power and speed when uh, when needed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think, look, it was an interesting one with that sort of playing group in 1993, have the grand final loss in 94, finish second on the ladder, fortunately have the, the straight sets um, finals exit. Go on to, to obviously win it in 95. I guess what was the, maybe the, the, the difference in that year that, that allowed that sort of Carlton group to finally get over the line and win the premiership? It's a great anyway. question. Yeah, it's a great question. I, I sat as emergency in the 1993 grand final and uh, an unbelievable uh, reserves final series. I always tended to mm. go right come finals in the big games. And, uh, well, I didn't get selected that day. But 94, we had a wonderful year. And you, you're right. Like, we're on top of the ladder with a week to go. And we lost to uh, Essendon. So we finished uh, second on the ladder. We mm. thrashed West Coast two weeks before that by may, at least 10, maybe 11 goals. I can't remember. We played in Princess mm. Park, who then went on to win the grand final. So the final series then was first play eighth, second play seventh, and so on. And yeah. so we had Melbourne, who was seventh on the ladder, and we, we played right in the first half, and then second half faded out, and they beat us. And then we came up against Shalong, who had, I think, four of their like, elite players out of the, their top 10 uh, missing on that day. And we're like, oh, well, this is going to be uh, interesting. And they just annihilated us. So we were concerned. There was talks that possibly Parker was going to get sacked and maybe our fitness coach, Peter Shockman. But I think it was Greg Williams that really stood up for the club and said, no, just leave him there. And the next preseason, we invited down a sports psychologist. His name was Anthony Stewart, who worked with me in 1994 after I got dropped halfway through the year. Mm. And, uh, you know, he taught me these words, I can or will you just watch me? And he said, you've got to highlight them in your diary every single day. And so... He had such great success with me. The club then employed him the next year. And uh, he said to David Park, and you've got wonderful leaders at this football club, why don't you hand over the realm a little bit to them and give them a little bit more ownership? Now, I know at the preseason camp, we sat there, midfielders, forwards and defence, and we all came up with this game plan that was very similar to David Parkin's game plan. And I don't know if that was the reason why mm. we played so good that year. I don't know. I don't think our preseason was great as far as I remember, but come during the season, we only lost two games to the two bottom teams and don't ask me how. It was like, <laughs> yeah, we were like in the meeting room. We're like, what has happened these last two weeks? It was like, you know, oh my goodness, what has happened at this football club? And then 
<laughs> were able to turn it around. And maybe we had the, the most 95 was, I'll always say, the greatest year of my life because yeah, depending on how you're mm. playing and if the team's winning is how you feel throughout the year. And I mean, we yeah. were winning every week and we were there, the most powerful football club in the competition. So you can imagine how wonderful life was back then. And so then, yeah, we went on to win. So the catalyst, I don't know, there were some aging superstars we had. We knew the window was closing. You know, was that the thing? I'm not sure. We mm. got a couple of other plays in Matty Clapay and uh, Matthew Hogg and Dean Rice, like, you know, into our team in Camp Rally came as well. And the, those guys were unbelievable. Mm. Brad Pierce stood up that year as well. And us mm-hmm. younger players improved them, you know, all, all together combined. We were just a phenomenal uh, team. Oh, love the insight, Kuda. That's absolutely brilliant. Um, and 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 so Ian asked a similar question to this to David Reese Jones the other day. So I guess something thinking about the current group, something that gets spoken about a lot is like the mentality and being able to step up in like the biggest moments, which we we saw last season. So I mean, thinking back to you and, and that '95 kind of era, what do you what do you think were the things that helped build that mentality and obviously the culture? It's another great question. I because uh, I remember going to the last uh, game last year, Carlton versus Collingwood, and the yep. question was asked to me. You know, like, oh, we should have won or whatever. And I said, uh, you know, now it comes down. We we find out what sort of team we do have, and mm. this is the occasions that you you know when you've got a win, can they stand up? That tells you whether they're a good team or not. Not to say that they can't perform this year, but obviously last year mm. they weren't quite ready for it. I thought they were, but mm. they weren't, and to lose by one point, but. I know myself, you know, I was a mad Collingwood supporter growing up and my brother was mad Carlton and every year he'd be like cheering and old cry and I was like, what is it about this Carlton football club, you know? And But I didn't really understand until I walked in for the first time at the end of 1990 as I walked through the corridors and, mate, there was just incredible, you know, leadership. There was premiership players. There were standards that, like, if you wanted to play, that was it. But John Elliott instilled into us is that if you didn't win a premiership of this football club, you will not be remembered, basically. So I felt the pressure yeah. of that early on. Mm. And uh, the culture was just incredible as well. I, I, I'll always say John Elliott was the greatest president by far. He created a family environment that I look forward to. I was proud to wear that navy blue jump. It was an honour to say that I mm. represent the Carlton Football Club. And I looked around and, you know, your Tommy Alves, like Sticks was the greatest leader. They say captain of all time of that football club, which I'll never deny, but... He had yep. 13 or 14 lieutenants around him that could, you know, mm-hmm. teach us young dudes what we need to do if we want to play senior footy with them. And that's what we did. So they pushed us. We trained hard. We played hard. We had plenty of drinking. The culture <laughs> was like that. But on the day when it came to perform, we all gave our 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess sort of like somewhat on that, in, your, in the latter stages of your career, you became captain of the Carlton Footy Club. Um, I guess what did that kind of mean to you, um, obviously being at the club, your sort of whole career and from such a young age. And then what were kind of the things that you're really that last premiership player, one of the last legends still in that squad, what were the kind of things that you were trying to pass on, whether it was those standards onto that next group to try and keep that kind of cult and culture going the best you could? It was an unbelievable honour for me. I, I was thinking then when they asked me to be Captain Dennis Pagan that I was looking back and I'm thinking, wow, I walked in this football club when I was 14 and here I am at age 31 uh, mm. being asked to be captain of the mm. football club and I was never going to say no. I never expected it because I was getting a little bit older, but it was a wonderful honour for me. So it was a thrill. It was just the, every, or the culture got unravelled when John Elliott left and we got a new regime into the club and it felt like almost overnight that everything of the past had disappeared and it was this new place that wasn't like what it had been previous. Mm. And uh, me as a, 
as an aging player at that football club, all I wanted to do was play finals footy. But unfortunately, with everything that was going on at the club, it was never going to happen. And uh, it really did go backwards very, very quickly. And we're still trying to pick up the pieces now, I think, with everything going on. So we lost a lot of great players uh, when the new regime came in, a lot of great players at, uh, mm. and had to get in a lot of players from other football clubs. And, and uh, it just didn't wasn't the same. It was never going to be the same. And it was a different feel. And the performance basically, you know, I guess summed it all up. We just didn't win enough and not even close to winning enough. We were down the bottom so often for so many years. It was very sad to see it occur. So it was hard for me. I just did the very best that I could. Um, mm. You know, in in here, in my mind, I remember what it was like in the good days. And then I remember, unfortunately, mm. the bad times as well. And so no matter what I was going to do, I, mean, I had my hands tied. All I, could, all I did was just try to do the very best that I could, hoping, fingers crossed, that we could have played finals mm. in those years that I was – captain unfortunately we didn't yeah well, i yeah. think as negative maybe as that period was i know for like myself and i'll speak for myself and maybe lucky here as well i know those are some of the real pivotal sort of moments for us young fans growing up seeing you guys run out there and even though the results weren't there i think that there's still some amazing memories of that time princess park as well was still just kicking about um in those latter stages and as maybe they as good as they weren't on field I know that it was still such a, a good time to to be a fan because those are the times that I now cherish those childhood moments seeing mm. you guys run out there. So I just wanted to add that little bit in there because as negative as it is, I think there's still some good positivity to, to hopefully bring out of that anyway. Yeah, unfortunately, you missed the heydays though. So when I was a Mag Collingwood supporter, I'm sure you guys would have loved to have been around then and anyone that was there <laughs> yeah, throughout the 90s sitting at Princess Park will always tell you that was some of their greatest memories of all time when... You know, we were kicking down the Heatley stand and uh, we'd kick 10 goals in the third quarter and then the game would be over and everyone would be celebrating. You can never surpass that. I feel sorry for you. I feel sorry for the current day players because I walked in at at an end of an era, really, because I experienced Mm. the last 12 years of this incredible culture that went for many decades and some of the characters before us. It was just an amazing place. And you always talk about, you know, the Mosquito Fleet and some of the mm. stories of the old days of what occurred. And when I walked in, I'm hearing all these stories and just <laughs> you laugh about it, how wonderful the place was that you can go there and look forward to it, you know, play up and do whatever, all in fun. Nothing, you know, to cause any trouble to anyone. But then, uh, of course, go out and succeed and win premierships and that too. Mm. So the, the old fellas led the way for us and I got that last little glimpse of it. So... As I'm sure it was wonderful for you guys, but you'll probably never understand how the enormity of how yeah. powerful that football club was unless you were there at that time. Mm. Yeah. Well, we were, we were both born in early 96, so shout out to our parents for uh, not letting <laughs> us grace that period. A little shout out to them. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but I'd love, to, I'd love to take us to just the present day now. And uh, I mean, we touched on it with, you know, you said that you attended round 23 last year, but just interested to hear about what your relationship to football and and Carlton is in 2023. Are you plan to get to get to more matches this year? How are you feeling about it all? Yeah, it's funny. When I retired, like I had my son, my oldest boy, Jamie, hated footy. My daughter hated footy. My wife didn't really like it too much. So I was a little bit on my own. But then I had my third child, Lucas, and he's a mad Carlton supporter. So we try to get yeah. to as many games as we possibly can. I brought him down to an open day about three weeks ago, just before school started for him. And I went there with... Yeah. One of my ex-teammates, Anthony Franchina, who brought his daughter there as well and is a wonderful guy, uh, Fra- uh, Franchina. So, mm. um, yeah, but we'll, we'll get to as many games as we possibly can. I love the club. I just want them to succeed. Yeah. I'm sick of them mm. not playing finals footy. I want to go and watch a finals game with my son and have 
everlasting yeah. memories and see the boys play. And I believe they've got the talent out there now. And I watch their watch them train in the day, and geez, they look extremely fit. But I can say that about every other club. I'm sure if I went there to watch them, but I'm yeah. hoping for some big things from mm. the players without putting pressure on them. But I'd love to see them play one or two or three, you know, finals games. Yeah. And you know what? You just never know when you get the finals and if you've got the confidence and the belief mm. and you haven't got as many injuries as some of the other teams. That you never know how far you can go because at mm. their best, I believe they're equal to anyone else in the comp. Maybe Geelong was definitely the standout last year. Mm. But any other team they played, you know, they had their opportunities. Who's, uh, who's Lucas's favourite? Player? Yeah. I think he loves them all. I mean, you know, the Crip and the Kuno that we all love and Mackay and all that. But I think at the moment... Last I heard it was Adam Saad, so I think oh, he loves Saadi, yeah, right. running off the half-back there, who uh, grew up next door to Ange, and I was literally maybe 200 metres away from him, and I remember him as a young kid, yeah. he had this freakish skills and ability as we had a kick with him once, but Ange spent a lot of time with him too, so great player. Oh, I love it. Okay, well, thanks, Krita. We'll, we'll wrap it up with this last one. We're 27 days from the season as we record, so keen to hear what, what are you looking forward to this season, and... How do you reckon we're going to go? Yeah, no, I just, look, I hope that they make finals footy. We've been waiting a long time and I just feel like the club, you know, being down there, it feels like it's a better environment and it feels mm. like everyone's really happy down there and they seem to be training hard, getting back to training before they're expected to be there. So there's some great leaders down there. Cripper leads the boys so well. I mean, he won the Brownlow medal last year, but whether he won it or not, I think his love and passion for the football club and the way that he leads is really what we what we need. and And... He's been, you know, 10 out of 10, in my opinion, in that sort of sense. And, uh, yeah, so hopefully the boys play finals footy. I want to really do want them to experience the real card of football club. And I feel mm-hmm. like when we start playing finals footy, if we can sneak a premiership here and there, the entire yeah. competition will see yeah. how incredible this football club is. Oh, could not agree with you more, Kurt. I absolutely love it. Um, as I said at the top, such an honour to chat with you. You, you meant yeah. so much to us growing up as, as young Carlton supporters. So really appreciate you taking the time for us. Thanks very much, boys, and all the very best. Thank Legend. you. And we'll be we'll be linking the Cuda fit in the show notes and description, of course. And thanks again, Cuda. We'll see you guys next Anytime. time. See you, boys. See ya.